재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Do you know what time it is? 그리빵 아빠의 안타까운 웃음이 Well, we had an historic impeachment vote last Friday against the president. Uh, we are now facing what potentially could be 180 days of uh, suspense as we await the uh, constitutional court to make their decision. And depending how long that takes, there will be some uncertainty in the political class uh, as far as how acting president, uh, Prime Minister Hwang Kyo-an, will be managing state affairs. One of the most important aspects of state affairs, perhaps the most important among uh, many of the people living here, is uh, the economic economic stewardship of the country. Uh, there are a host of different issues involved with this, the global economic climate, uh, the Tebel's role in this uh, alleged scandal, and how exactly Korea can get back on the road to recovery. Uh, to give us this uh, economic focus analysis, we're pleased to have joining us uh, from Catholic University of Korea, uh, economics professor Yang jun Suk, Professor Yang, Great to see you in person. We've talked on the phone a couple of times. Um, <laughs> there have been a lot of issues at play. You were mentioning that um, at least no news is good news in the economic front. You, there were no big crises to talk about that we had to cover over the past uh, uh, month and a half of craziness. Yeah, I mean, there were some uh, slight problems in, say, Italy, uh, in the United States with uh, President-elect Trump saying some few questionable things. You mean but like the Boeing the Boeing. Uh, uh, the Air Boeing, Force One contract, the Lockheed Martin, the F's carrier, thing. the carrier contract yeah. is actually the one that I was thinking okay, about. Okay. But, but still, uh, it didn't cause big waves, which is actually very uh, lucky for us. I want you to give us sort of a comparative view here, just from recent crises, because uh, you were here with us when we talked about things like the Sewol Ferry crisis mm-hmm. and that all uh, that whole. Uh, Aftermath, as well as sort of the uh, the lingering economic effects of that, the consumer sentiment being down, uh, a lot of worry about how that would affect the economy, and then the MERS outbreak, where we talk, we saw tourism take a hit. Um, a lot of people also worrying about, uh, and we had policymakers making various uh, moves to try and address those situations. Would you say that it's a comparable situation here? Because on the one hand, you see millions take to the streets. A lot of vendors are kind of coming up with creative ways to sort of make a buck that way. But overall, would you say that sentiment uh, would have dampened to the same extent as those previous crises? Not as uh, much as those events, I think, because, well, President uh, Park has been basically been impeached. So people seem to be in a, uh, well, slightly, I'm not sure if I would call it happy, but they seem to be in a satisfied mood. So they're not as scared or as depressed as they were in Seoul. Uh, but this uh, continuing uncertainty is really uh, is going to dampen consumer sentiment, investment sentiment. Uh, so uh, 
I don't think it's going to be bad as Seoul or Mears, but uh, it is going to affect it negatively. It's just not as much. Just not as much. Uh, the main difference being with the Seoul, you mentioned there is a very depressive aspect to it. Uh, um, perhaps uh, in the majority opinion, uh, the way the investigation unfolded, the way the resolution, uh, the, the tragedy that these parents face with their kids, uh, it did not go the direction they wanted. Um, perhaps at least with the impeachment vote, according to the polls, this definitely has been moving in the direction that the, com- uh, the country would want. So perhaps more optimism shared there. Um, one of the major issues involved with this that has again been brought to light, but now maybe it will be uh, a focus going forward is the role of Chevels in yeah. the economy, particularly in regards to these allegations with K-Sports and Mir Foundation. We saw those National Assembly hearings. There were uh, No one really expected any huge um, revelations to be made there, but it was fascinating to see those uh, nine Chebel heads sit down in a room, sort of get... Uh, cross-examined by lawmakers, be dressed down, um, a lot of focus on E.J. Young. What did you make of that whole issue? Okay, well, it happened before, it'll happen again. Uh, but uh, I think it's uh, very instructive to see that uh, the uh, National Assemblyman has been very up and about trying to... Uh, uh, show themselves as being on top of the situation, that they were uh, almost, you know, usually we think of Chebars controlling the government. But I think here they wanted to show that the that National they were Assembly, the cop. right, they were the cop and Chebar were the, uh, the uh, people who are supposed to follow them. <laughs> right. uh, so I think uh, it's an interesting dynamic that's going on here. There were questions about the role, and I know you're not necessarily a card-carrying member of the FKI, but a lot of people said there is a fundamental problem with this so-called Chebel lobbying group that should nominally in so-called advanced Western nations be more of a, a heritage foundation where you can have a think tank and you can promote policies that could further your agenda or what you feel is good for the country. But this group actually actively lobbies. Uh, the government has huge sway in, in terms of how economic policy is formed and there should be now some talk about disbanding this kind of organization. Where do you stand on that issue? Okay, well, I would be happy to see uh, FKI, Federation of Korean Industries, turns turns something into a heritage foundation. Uh, Actually, I may not be the perfect person to talk about this because, uh, well, FKI has two affiliated research institutions, and I've worked with uh, some of the people there. Okay, full disclosure. Uh, okay. Right. So uh, I may not exactly be completely disinterested party here, but I think uh, at least as far as those research institutions go, I think they give an alternate point of view. Remember, most of the uh, Korean research institutions are actually government-run institutions, uh, so they – Tend, they, uh, uh, they don't do it, I think, consciously, but they tend to follow the uh, uh, general trend of what the government wants to do, partially because they set the agenda and partially because they receive input uh, from the uh, politicians or the uh, government officials in charge. So uh, while I may not agree with all of their analysis, the type of analysis that those research institutions do with the FKI, uh, I think is an interesting alternative to some of the uh, research that's coming out from the uh, government-run institutions. So it uh, acts, I think, at least in research, as a check and balance. Okay. So you have one uh, side with the uh, government, one side with the uh, FKI-related business uh, research institutions, and then the NGOs, and then act 
academia. They should all act mm. uh, as sort of a check and balance against each other. Uh, so I think in that sense, if FKI turned into a uh, research institution or something like Heritage, which, uh, well, Heritage does lobby, let's face it, but still lobby in a perhaps a more transparent and uh, with more distance from the actual uh, chairboards, uh, then I think it may be a good thing. Okay, so you're, you're basically saying they can be a, a more uh, privately diversed uh, diversity of opinion uh, run think tank than let's say for example the KDI or, or some of these others that have influence from the government and, and are really more pursuing the government's agenda for a lot of their policy. Yeah I mean like I, I also know a lot of people from KDI and government research institutions and they usually don't do it consciously but I think uh, being uh, Working with the government officials all the time, I think it tends to sort of color your point of view. Uh, And then uh, another problem is that, well, if you look at sort of the history of FKI, it was sort of an intermediary between the uh, large companies and the government, especially during the uh, 60s and 70s when you had a uh, very large uh, government-led, large uh, Chebor-led development. And even now, they're fulfilling some functions which are uh, sort of socially necessary, but perhaps doesn't belong to either the government or the uh, uh, Chebors proper. For example, the microfinance, Mm -hmm. uh, the the, uh, way that Korea financed some of these uh, microfinance, like the uh, miso gamyong, is that the uh, government asked or pressured, who knows, uh, the uh, Chebors to provide funds for microfinance. And because the Chebors didn't really want to run it entirely by themselves, uh, they gave it to the FKI because FKI uh, basically is a representative uh, agency for the larger Jebors. Uh So uh, they're actually running apparently the uh, microfinance for Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have things like that where you need uh, perhaps uh, somewhat – someone some – organization which is in between the government and the Chebors. Uh, uh, and I think FKI does still have some function like okay. that, which may be necessary for Korea at this point. The the cynics, though, will say, Professor, that, look, uh, they, they had these uh, Chebol heads come out in the National Assembly hearings. Several of them said, look, I'm going to renounce my membership. I'm, I'm going to stop paying dues. And people may have been led to believe, okay, well, this is going to fundamentally change how the uh, FKI does its business. But there's also been the, the, the point that the FKI now holds so much valuable real estate in and of its own that they're not really dependent on those dues anymore for the Jebel. So essentially, they can continue their functions. And whether it's under the table or not, as far as official membership is concerned, they can still pursue those interests that are favorable to the Jebel. And, and ultimately, nothing will change. Uh, well, uh you have to remember uh, one of the reasons why the FKI sort of acts as a uh, uh, representative of the Chebors is that Chebors, the five major Chebors, uh, fund about 50% of their operating costs right now. Now, they may be able to fund uh, themselves independently, but they're not doing it right now. So okay. uh, with every organization, you have to reflect the views of your fund. Funders, yeah, uh, it's just like shareholders uh, in a publicly traded company, uh, and we'll maybe talk about that as far as the uh, the National Pension Fund and their role in the uh, the Samsung merger. But uh, overall, with Chebol, and we've talked about Chebol reform every 
election yeah. season. Nothing ever really uh, changes in regards to that. Uh, in terms of Tresunshil, her role uh, in terms of this so-called, whether it's coercion or whether it's pay-for-play with the funds being collected by the Chebels to uh, get uh, allegedly some favors uh, by the government and the president's role in all of that, uh, you seem to be of the mind that trying to prove Chebel's wrongdoing legally will be a pretty high bar, but it might not be the same for the politicians involved with it. Yeah, well, uh, for the uh, Chebel's, well, uh, f- uh, if you re- recall some of the famous bribery cases that we had before, not necessarily with the Chebel's, the uh, hardest thing to prove is that there was a quid pro quo. And it's uh, Korean law apparently sets a very high standard for uh, proving quid pro quo. Uh, so uh, actually, if you look at the Kim Young-nan law, that's what it was supposed to deal with. Uh, instead of trying to pr- uh, provide, e- instead of trying to get evidence that there was quid pro quo, what the Kim Young-nan uh, law says is that uh, if you accepted anything, then quid pro quo is assumed. Uh, so you don't need to prove that anymore because it was so hard to prove in court. Uh, but I don't believe this uh, particular case goes under Kim Young-nan uh, law because most of this happened before that law was put into place. So they'll have to prove quid pro quo. And as I said before, it'll be very difficult mm. to find exactly how the money given by Chebars led to certain favors by the government. Uh, and they had a very, uh, and Korean court cases, they have a lot of, uh, difficulties having, uh, trying to prove that before. Now, I think it's somewhat easier to approve, uh, quid pro quo on the part of, or at least pressuring on the part of the government politicians, because, well, people like the, uh, the, uh, economic secretary, uh, people like the, uh, deputy minister of, uh, uh, culture and sports, well, they're not, they they probably don't know Chesunshi personally before they joined the government, uh, uh, before uh, President Park became president. So uh, they have no reason to help her unless uh, the president was actively involved in it, either actively involved or gave certain hints. So I think that will some probably be somewhat easier to prove. But then I'm not a lawyer, so. Okay. Uh, let's talk about something that you do know about, and that's the uh, economic stewardship of the country uh, with acting President Hwang Kyo-an. We know that there's some opposition to him from the opposition parties. Uh, just your thoughts on how he will handle um, economic affairs, particularly with the idea of the Deputy Prime Minister Finance Minister position, the current Finance Minister is Yuid Ho. Uh, there's some debate whether they should accept this uh um, figure named as In Jong Yang, who the president actually named, uh, but that was kind of persona yeah. non grata in the lead up to the impeachment. But now some voices raising, well, maybe he'd be a better alternative, or maybe another alternative. Where, where do you think that really kind of plays out? Okay, well. Uh, as far as I know, it's very unclear what the lines of succession or uh, alliance of assigning new uh, ministers are currently because, well, uh, ministers are usually assigned by the president and uh, presumably the uh, – 
the uh, replacement president, Huang, uh, has the right to assign personnel, but because he's, uh, because the National Assembly is so suspicious against him, I'm not sure if he'll be able to assign new people. Uh, I think the best thing that we can do right now is it's going to be very chaotic politically for the next uh, six months or so. Uh, and I think the best thing that you could happen is uh, try to separate the politics from the economics. What I mean by that is, well, have uh, Yuito, uh, he's probably going to be in charge for the next few months at the very least. So have him announce uh, his goals, economic goals, his economic strategy, and then have him follow that. Uh, and per, uh, I don't think they'll be able to uh, pl- uh, put any bold policies in place. Mm. Uh, so uh, just uh, have him announce what his uh, general uh, philosophy is for stewardship and general goals and have him follow that. And I think that hopefully will try to uh, severe the uh, connection between economic policy and politics. So – Basically, some of the stuff that have been tried to be ramrodded through, like the uh, business sector and labor sector reforms, those are obviously going to be off the table. There's no way that politically yeah, they, they're uh, going to be able to push I don't think they like have through. any kind of a political momentum or even the time to consider these problems. External factors. Um, where do you see that playing out? Uh, th- these are factors that obviously the policymakers don't necessarily have control over, but the, the way they react to it will be crucial. Uh, the situation in the U.S., the uh, Chinese economic situation, uh, uncertainties in the markets. Uh, do you see any trouble points here potentially in the next few months during this impeachment phase? Okay, well, biggest problem that Korea has is that we have such a big slowdown right now. We really need an active policy, but we're probably not going to get one. So we're going to have a continued slow economy for the foreseeable future, probably until after the elections. Uh, having said that, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, big problem that's coming up right now is what's going to happen after the interest rate probably going to rise in the United States in the uh, next week uh, uh, or at least, uh, next week. And I think, uh, well, it's not going to be that big a problem because if there was going to be a panic, it would have happened already. Uh, but I think uh, we need to f- uh, figure out uh, how much the uh, Fed is thinking about raising the rates next year. Because if the uh, Fed raises the rates now, it's only going to be about 0.75% difference between Korean rates and the U.S. rates. And you, uh, Korean rates cannot be higher than the U.S. Uh, – cannot be lower than the U.S. rates. Uh, so if the U.S. Uh, decides – uh, if the U.S. is going to raise the uh, interest rate three times, say, next year, which is within the realm of possibility, if the Trump euphoria continues, then Korea will have no choice but to raise its interest rate. And then there's the uh, Trump uh, fiscal policy, uh, the infrastructure plan. We don't know exactly how it will work out. Uh, and then uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, what uh, it's called, the, what we think of as known unknowns, the uh, trouble spots, uh, the biggest trouble spot for Korea is probably going to be the uh, chi- con- uh, whether Chinese economy will recover or whether their weak financial sector will uh, ha- be problematic. Uh, Italy is undergoing a lot of problems. Will it spread to the rest of the EU? Uh, and uh, and uh, the uh, uh, so those are, I think, some of the uh, problems. Oh, yeah, and the uh, higher oil prices. Uh, if the OPEC actually succeeds in raising the oil prices, uh, contrary to what a lot of an analysts think, I think it might, it's probably not going to be good news for Korea because it's a cost-push inflation.
But won't the petrochemical sector at least see a boost in overall? Petrochemical factor, uh, sector will see a boost for a while because they've bought their raw materials at a low, low cost and now they can sell it at a high cost. But once they uh, get rid of that stock, they will have to replace their raw materials at the higher prices. Right. So this is only going to be a temporary boom at best. And there's going to be that lag effect when eventually uh, the price at the pump will also be reflected and that is, of course, yeah. going to affect uh, consumers uh, going forward. Uh, the Bank of Korea? Nominally, an independent institution aside from all these uh, uh, governmental uh, bureaucrats and these acting cabinet ministers and all of that. So uh, you would think that they would have more of an outsized role because of the fact that, look, they're not beholden to necessarily what's going on politically speaking. Uh, The problem is, especially with the interest rate uh, set to rise uh, with the U.S. Fed's decision, they don't have any real cards to play uh, to try and weather this storm, right? Right. Uh, If the U.S. raises the rates... uh then I don't think uh, Bank of Korea has any room to lower their rates anymore. The best they can do is hold the rates at this point, but even that's not going to be possible if the U.S. starts raising raising the rates again next year. When does upward pressure then begin to occur in your view? I think it's already occurring somewhat, but it's uh, starting very slowly. I mean, the uh, during the month of November, the uh, for a lot of foreign investment left United uh, left Korea, uh, and as long as it's slow. Uh, then we can handle it. Uh, but what is slow? Well, slow. Well, look at the exchange rates. Uh, the exchange rates changed about ten one in the uh, last uh, during November. I think, uh, and the exchange and exchange rate can be sort of uh, taken as a barometer for how much money is going out of Korea. And uh, about ten one per month, I think, is handleable. Okay. Um, but uh, if it gets any faster than that, then we should start getting a lot more worried. All right. Well, uh, certainly <laughs> you gave us a lot to think about and also worry about. Professor Young, great to see you once again. Uh, look forward to more economic focus from you in the future. Uh, thank you.